Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Good afternoon. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today brought to you by Seedmasters Nova Series 2. No clever message, just simple, no-nonsense precision. Learn more about the features at seedmaster.ca. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we have the final crop report of the year from the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Yields are about average and the quality is in the top two grades. We also have the final crop report of the year from our neighbour to the east, Manitoba. We take a look at the APAS farm election form with issues on water management. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by JGL Commodities, proudly serving Saskatchewan agribusinesses for over 40 years. Looking to market your grain? Call JGL Commodities today, 306-624-2378. The final crop report of the year in Saskatchewan says harvest is more than 99% complete across the province. Provincial Crops Extension Specialist Sarah Tetland says harvest this fall is well ahead of the five-year average. So throughout the province, harvest is virtually complete. All regions throughout the province are reporting that between 99 and 100% of the crop is now in the bin. So there continued to be really good progress made this past week. And the five-year average for this time of year for harvest progress is 88%. So we got done and wrapped up fairly quickly this year, which is really good for farmers are really quite happy with kind of how harvest played out this year especially compared to a year like last year where it kind of dragged on. And how is the crop quality? So throughout most of the province the crop quality is actually above average and a lot of this has to do with the amount of kind of limited precipitation we received this fall. So there wasn't as much uh, sprouting damage and bleaching damage compared to like a year like last year. So crop quality is coming off good and the majority of crops are falling within the top two quality grades. How are yields? So yields do vary throughout the province. Overall, they are around average, but it really does depend. Some farmers where they did receive kind of adequate moisture throughout the growing season are reporting above average yields. But also quite a few farmers are reporting that there was some yield loss. And a lot of that was due to lack of moisture throughout the growing season. And also because of uh, heat stress, especially within August, it got quite hot. So there was reports of yield loss due to that heat stress. And some areas also received hailstorms. So particularly, there's a large area in the northeast part of the province that saw some hail, as well as in the southern region, kind of in that July time. So there was some yield loss due to that as well. And also, um, parts of the northern regions did have some drowned out spots because they received quite a high amount of precipitation earlier in the year. 
So some yield loss were uh, yields lost due to those uh, situations, but overall yields are around average. So when we look at the actual numbers, the yields that are being estimated now are 46 bushels per acre for hard red spring wheat, 39 bushels per acre for Durham, 86 bushels per acre for oats, 67 bushels per acre for barley, 37 bushels per acre for canola, 39 bushels per acre for peas, and 1,475 pounds per acre for lentil. And how's the topland moisture rating? How's the moisture in the soil? So especially with harvest wrapping up throughout the province, kind of the main thing farmers have been noting recently is moisture conditions and how they are quite low. It has been quite dry and most regions of the province have received less than normal precipitation this growing season, apart from some areas in the northern regions that did receive above average precipitation. So with that kind of lack of rainfall, and it was quite windy throughout most of the summer, as well as quite hot, there have been moisture concerns that have affected kind of crop and pasture development this year. And farmers have noted that they are concerned about the moisture conditions going into winter. So currently, when we look at the topsoil moisture rating for cropland, it is rated as 25% adequate, 42% short, and 33% very short. And then the hay and pasture land topsoil moisture is rated as 19% adequate, 37% short, and 44% very short. So we really do need some precipitation this fall and over the winter to improve those soil moisture conditions as as well as to improve the amount of water in dugouts and sloughs. There is kind of low levels for those livestock producers that really do need that water to feed their livestock. Sarah Tetlin compiles the weekly crop report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Selford Group. Call your Selford equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. Manitoba's final weekly crop report says 98% of the crop is now in the bin. Manitoba Agriculture Crop Specialist Dane Frey says harvest is over two weeks ahead of the average date for this level of completion. We had some very rapid harvest completion. Normally we do not reach 90% harvest completion until about the first week of November. Um, so we're excited to see that uh, harvest came off relatively smoothly and without too many major environmental issues uh, throughout September and October. Uh, right now, there's a little bit of sunflowers, a little bit of corn left out in the field, and, and that's about it, and that's rapidly coming off as well. Uh, as producers go into the fields in the next couple of days after the snow melts here, we'll see that uh, corn largely finish up and go through the dryers. Phrase describes the growing season in Manitoba as wet in the spring and a dry summer. That's more or less how it shook out for many, uh, with probably the exception being um, the arm of Kelsey and uh, near the, the paw. Uh, for the most part, a fairly wet spring left over from the wet fall of 2019. So soils were saturated and quite soggy, and that left some unharvested crop out in the field, uh, meaning that producers had to take care of that, deal with that before they were able to get into the ground, dry it up in order to do the spring seeding for 2020. After that work was complete, uh, we did have some timely rains uh, throughout May and into June, uh, but there were some um, intense thunderstorms that fell in late June, early July across much of southwestern Manitoba, particularly uh, Brandon north to rivers and then northeast towards Nipawa, receiving well more or 
much higher than their average percentage rainfall accumulation at that time, with as high as 143% of normal rainfall accumulation at Newdale, uh, if you count the period from May 1st to September 7th, which was the date of the frost, roughly, across Manitoba. Phrase describes crop yields in Manitoba. Yields have been average for most cereals in canola, uh, with some barley doing quite well. Um, but the canola yields being lower and meant they were a disappointment to many farmers in quite a number of areas. Uh, though certain pockets did uh, experience slightly better than average yields in others. Um, yields for later season crops like soybeans, corn and sunflowers have been a pleasant surprise for many uh, given the dry August and September. And sunflower yields in particular are expected to be near record average highs. Crop grades are relatively high this year. Grades have been decent. Uh, the dry uh, weather throughout the back half of the growing season has really allowed um, good quality grain. We haven't had too many issues with uh, downgrading factors and low disease factors in much of the cereals. Uh, so that means grade is, is generally achieving top two grade. With the lack of rain, that does tend to mean that test weight can be a little lighter than normal, as well as when a September frost occurs and the crop is not 100% physiologically mature, typically we do tend to see um, bushel weight decrease in those instances. So in some corn crops, bushel weight has been a little bit lighter uh, than the ideal normal, about 54 pounds, 53 pounds. Um, but so far, not too many issues from what I've heard. And oat yields or oat test weight does tend to vary depending on where those uh, thunder showers opened up in the middle of summer. So one field might might be um, testing about 42 pounds a bushel, while others might be 38, 39. Freya says there may be some feed supply problems this winter. Again, depends on the region and depends on how many cuts a producer was able to take. Feed supply has been a challenge uh, throughout this year, uh, largely because of three consecutively drier summers, uh, depending on the locale. Forage yields have typically been between 33 to 60% of normal, uh, causing cattle producers to look at alternative feed sources or to budget and accommodate for that uh, ahead of time. For instance, if feed sources in midsummer were looking like yields were going to be less, uh, producers started making some switches, uh, started taking some of their poor-looking cereals as a green feed silage, perhaps, or making arrangements with neighbors and and sourcing alternative feed sources such as um, baled corn stover. Dane Frace is a crop specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. Um. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. Right now I'm talking to Musu Taylor-Lewis. She's the Director of Resources and Public Engagement at the Canadian Food Grains Bank. COVID-19 has impacted a lot of stakeholders in the agricultural industry. Uh, Canadian Food Grains Bank, I'm sure, is not untouched from all of this. What, What impact has it had on your fundraising abilities? Well, we have uh, 
we have been when we when COVID nineteen started in March, we were like everybody else, looking out and saying, "How is this? What is this going to do? How is this going to impact our community?" And uh, our regional reps went out and called uh, our support base and just checked in and said, "How are you doing?" We were pleasantly surprised surprised to hear, you know, about nine out of ten people that we called were feeling okay and positive, and. Our fundraising actually has been impacted in a couple of ways. The first is that a lot of our um, events uh, that raise money in the spring have had to be canceled or postponed. And part of that positive response we got from supporters was that they were still feeling optimistic that they'd be able to postpone those events. And some, a few of them even um, changing those to digital events, which was surprising because um, of the older demographic that a lot of our support comes from. But uh, people are determined and committed. Um, on the other hand, um, with a growing project, uh, because a lot of that seeding is a solitary um, activity, uh, the growing projects uh, met online by phone. They made uh, the effort to keep going and decided that they'll keep going. So the majority of our growing projects seeded this uh, spring, and we're just waiting to see how um, that comes out on the other end. How they will be impacted is that the fundraising events that went into um, some of the costs of inputs and other things for the growing season uh, were canceled. And so we might see a reduction in the, um, in the income in the fall, but for now, we are very pleased that our support base has rallied and has made extra effort to see those fields seeded this year. What kind of impact has COVID-19 had on world hunger? Well, it's rising. We know that it's rising. Um, like I said, this morning we heard from African Development Bank, and we'd already heard previously from World Food Program, that it is expected that um, another um, the number of people in the most severe forms of food crisis will double this year. And so we're looking at um, about 350 million people being pushed into the highest levels of food crisis. And what we mean when we say the highest levels, it means people who are miss skipping meals. It means people who are selling assets in order to put food on the table, tools that were secure for a couple of years to come, uh, livestock, um, they're getting to that point of desperation where they're not getting enough income to put the basic meal on the table. Uh, malnutrition will be on the rise. Now, when we talk about world hunger, uh, a lot of times our, our mind jumps to a place very, very far away, possibly where many <laughs> of us have never been to. Mm-hmm. But, but even in North America, or even more specifically here in Canada, yes. there's a lot of hunger issues here too. Absolutely. And I I think uh, what this does, this particular event does, and we know that there are um, additional people affected here in Canada, what this particular event does, I think for the first time in living memory, that one event is affecting the whole world in very similar ways. Uh, The difference for us here in Canada is that we have the social safety net that many of those people who would otherwise be going long term into crisis are are going to be um, are they going to have uh, that social safety net, net to uh, depend on for a short term in order to make sure that they bounce back faster? Um, what we're seeing about the rest of the world is that we're, we're all in the same storm, but not in the same boat. 
And uh, what that means is that many of these uh, people in developing countries do not have a, a government that can afford a social safety net. Secondly, the number of people who depend on a daily wage is so much higher. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather, partly cloudy sky with 30% chance of flurries today. Wind northwest 20, the high today minus 2, the low minus 14 tonight, the wind chill minus 9 this evening and minus 20 overnight. Friday, partly cloudy, wind northwest 20, the high minus 7 tomorrow, wind chill minus 20 in the morning and minus 14 in the afternoon, the low minus 15. Saturday, cloudy, the high minus 6, the low minus 11. Sunday, cloudy, the high minus 6, the low minus 14. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 3, the low minus 7. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high plus 3, the low minus 2. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high plus 5 degrees. Normal high is plus 8 for this date, the normal low minus 5. The sun rose at 7.33 this morning, it sets at 5.53 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is up north, Island Falls at minus 3. The cold spot, Cypress Hills in the southwest corner, at minus 11. Estevan is minus 5. Saskatoon minus 4. Swift Current minus 9. Weyburn minus 4. Yorkton is minus 3. Sunny in Regina, it's minus 4. That's 25 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northwest at 27, gusting to 39. Humidity 53%. The barometer rising 103.4. Partly cloudy in Moose Jaw minus 4. Winds are from the northwest at 30. Once again, Regina, sunny minus 4. That's 25 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Hey, you're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. Water management is an ongoing issue on many farms in Saskatchewan. Some years it's too dry and others it's too wet. Water management, including drainage regulations, was one of six agricultural topics discussed during the Saskatchewan Election Forum organized by the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan. It's being aired this week on Access TV and on the APAS YouTube channel prior to next Monday's provincial election. The three main political parties provided a pre-recorded response that was followed by reaction from a producer panel. We'll hear from the farmers in a moment, but first it's the politicians, starting with Agriculture Minister David Merritt representing the SAS party. Recently, the Water Security Agency just did a total uh, reorganization of the rural water uh, service side of it. Over the next 18 months, they will be consulting with interest groups and uh, producers in local areas to really look at how we can work with the farmers and the ranchers in those areas to look at how they can better utilize their lands and obviously make it profitable for them so they can grow more product and yet also be protecting the environment as well. 
I know there's about 11 different projects that right now that they're looking at that are pilot projects here in the province of Saskatchewan that they will be looking at those projects. In 2019, we said that in 2020, we'd be working with the farm organizations to look at the whole water strategy and how we work around that. Obviously, with the uh, advent of, of COVID and, uh, and what happened there, obviously that really stalled that process. So now what is going to happen is the Ministry of Environment is still going to work with those groups, obviously wants to work with those groups to come to resolve, and we hopefully can come to a final conclusion by 2022. That's Ag Minister David Merritt with the SAS Party. This is Jens Peterson, the NDP agriculture critic. In some areas, farmers are draining the sloughs, uh, draining the potholes to uh, increase the amount of cultivated acres. In some spots, they're digging dugouts to make sure that there is water there. So it's very dependent. But what we have seen is we've seen a changing weather pattern, and we know that climate change is changing the weather. It's going to be leading to more extreme rainfalls and more extreme droughts. So we need a water management plan that works for our province. Instead of showing leadership on this very complicated file, farmers and ranchers have been very frustrated with the SAS party's uh, approach to this. It's left landowners and producers to simply fight it out amongst themselves in court or locally. Under Scott Moe, this issue has been ignored and swept under the rug. We need a comprehensive water management plan. We need to address drainage issues. We need to address climate change. An NDP government is going to be working with local communities, local landowners, local water management boards to make sure that we have a plan that not only balances ecology, but also economics, that works for other landowners, but also downstream users. That's Jens Peterson with the NDP. Robert Rudichick is the leader of the Liberal Party. I grew up in Weyburn. I've seen the spring floods cover the fields with water. I also remember the droughts of the 80s where you couldn't see 10 feet in front of your car on the highway because of all the, the soil blowing away to other places. We need this stuff. We've needed this for generations. Yeah, I want to see better management and I want to work with farmers to find the solutions that will help both the environment, agriculture, and to mitigate the effects of climate change because climate change is going to make it a lot worse. We're going to see those extremes more and more. We're going to see the higher water levels. We're going to see the flash floods. We're going to see the droughts. This is inevitable with climate change. And through consultation, through use of proper science, through working together, we can actually change that and make this province more viable for agriculture in a sustainable way. That's Robert Rudichick, leader of the Saskatchewan Liberal Party. Coming up, we'll hear from producer representatives on the APAS panel today. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Digman Industries. Look to Digelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel de Corby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. Water management was one of six topics addressed during a province-wide forum devoted to agriculture sponsored by APAS. Following statements from the three main parties, there was an opportunity for producer input. You know, the critical thing about when you're talking about water management is just, it's not just about removing water in the spring or during storms. You know, there's a lot more to it than that. 
Water management is often used as a tool for a number of other things, whether it be you know, for flood control, for efficiency gains, productivity. You don't want to overlap going around certain areas. And it, you know, it can improve water quality too if it's done right as well. So you got to look at it more than just managing the excess water. It is a tool that we help to manage our farm. You know, we're trying to get a crop in early in the springtime. And if you have a good water management plan, you can maybe get on two weeks earlier in the year. And the year with an early frost, that can be the difference between having a good crop and a feed crop. So it goes far, a lot further than just managing the water. That's Miles Thorpe, president of the Saskatchewan Farm Stewardship Association. Ian Boxall farms at Tisdale and is an APAS vice president. He had this quick Q&A with forum host Sean Haney of realagriculture.com. Proper drainage and proper, you know, water management on your farm, like Miles said, is a huge tool, right? It can change the difference in your crop and farmers need the ability and good policy can help that. Regulatory is, is the biggest hurdle to water management in this province and, and that needs, is where they need to get this fixed. I want to follow up on that. Farmers just want to know what the rules are and the fact that the rules make practical sense and actually apply to what's really happening on the farm on the things they're really having to deal with. Is that fair? Right. I think we want, we want rules. We want to know what they are. We want the rules and the policy needs to be implementable. Right? It needs to be workable and farmers need to be able to understand it. And I think all three of those are missing right now in water policy in this province. And there was one other comment. My name is Kyle Hege. I farm near Leros Sask, grain farmer. Our farm has personally been involved in a, a drainage application and it took about two years with everyone on board with it. If government could please just make these things move quicker, the speed of business where it's simple. APAS President Todd Lewis addressed the issue of climate change. Well, you know, we've always managed climate. It's always been part of agriculture and, and water management is a part of that, of that as well. So producers have, uh, are always looking, uh, there's been huge agronomic improvements that uh, we're really producing more and more crop on less and less amounts of water. Uh, without question, uh, our yields have expanded, but also the expansion in that yield is a lot of it's been because of draining off excess moisture and being able to get good viable crops off areas that were just really uh, year after year there too saline or, or flooded out. So I mean, just about everything that we do in the farm manages climate one way or the other. You've been listening to excerpts from Growing Agriculture, the 2020 Saskatchewan Provincial Election Forum organized by APAS. It's airing all this week on Access TV or you can find it on the APAS YouTube channel. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices at Viterra were moving up in early trading this morning. Feed barley rose $10 at $219.70. Canola gained $1.10 at $498.47. Yellow peas went up $4.50 at $297.39. Number one red spring wheat increased $1.34 at $246.55. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $279.25. Flax, $637.91. Lentils, $607.50 per metric ton. Oats, 190.53. Feed wheat, 183.72. Minneapolis spring wheat December futures rose one cent at $5.83 and a half cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Source 620 CKRM.
The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest quotations. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of October 21st sale. A huge run here with 2,775 in the sort, 450 cows and bulls, over 3,200 for the day. I say again, every stockyard across the country is full, over full, causing some downward pressure on the feeder market. Cows also took a drop yesterday, anywhere from six to nine lower. Listen up, D1, D2 cows, 63 to 71. D3 cows, 55 to 62. The average on the cows was 65.75. The bull trade was barely steady. Good bulls, $92, sales to 101, 102. The bulls were averaging 93.50. On to the pre-sort sale. Yesterday, we featured the Angus breed, some highlights on the black and red Angus cattle. 410-pound black steers, 261. 500-pound black steers, 226. 570-pound black steers, 212. 640-pound red Angus steers, 199. My favorite 10, 710-pound red Angus steers, 197. 780-pound black steers, 188. On to the heifer trade, 420-pound black heifers, 194. 500-pound black heifers, 186. 550-pound red Angus heifers, 175. 640-pound black heifers, 164. And 710-pound red Angus heifers at 156. My highlight of the day was 320-pound little steers at 266.50 and a pen of 790-pound black-red exotic steers at 191. Next week, October 28th, sale featuring the Semitol breed, but all breeds are welcome. First bred cow sale will be Friday, November the 6th, taking calls for that. This Friday, October 23rd, sheep, lamb, goat sale. Sale starts at 11 o'clock on Friday. And at 3 o'clock, we have our horse sale. Like our good friend Brennan Jack would say, I have to steal a line from him. Let's have a sale. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices for both brand and moose jaw plants, 182.51 per CKG. Coming up, the resource report. Hey. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report brought to you by Olympic Buildings. See them for ag buildings, riding arenas, hay barns and more. Build with confidence. Olympic-buildings.ca Union officials are calling for the Olimel pork processing plant southeast of Quebec City to close after 40 workers tested positive for COVID-19 and one died. The company says it isn't clear if the worker's death was COVID-19 related. Quebec is reporting 1,033 new cases of COVID-19 today and another 20 deaths. Ontario is reporting another 841 cases. Precision Drilling says its third quarter losses widened to $28.5 million compared with $3.5 million a year earlier. The Calgary-based oilfield services company says revenue fell 56% to $164.8 million. Precision says the drop came as customers cut drilling programs in response to the global economic slowdown. The company had an average of 45 active drilling rigs in the third quarter, down from 123 in the third quarter of 2019. On the markets... Canada's main stock index was down in late morning trading amid losses in the technology, utility and mining sectors, while U.S. stock markets were mixed. The TSX Composite Index was down 10 points at 16,220. 
In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 13 points at 28,224. The Canadian dollar traded at 76.16 cents U.S. compared with 76.21 cents on Wednesday. The December crude oil contract was up 78 cents at $40.81 per barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 145 this afternoon and an Agri-News report at 345 p.m. Tomorrow morning, there's another Agri-News report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good... You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.